I'm Jeff Weiss. I'm a writer for LA Weekly, the editor of Passion of the Weiss, a music website, and a writer for Pitchfork and Esquire. And I'm No Can Do. I'm a rapper, host of the world-famous music venue Low in Theory, and a freestyle battle champion. And this is a weekly podcast devoted to what's good, what's bad, and what's weird in the world of hip-hop. This is Shots Fired. Pow! Shots Fired! What's going on? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning in to Shots Fired, a podcast where every week we talk about the strange, the surreal, and the slang in the world of rap, electronic, and indie music. Some weeks we're going to have guests, some weeks we'll have skits, some weeks we'll have news, and some weeks we'll have new tracks. A little later on in the show, we're going to have the Gaslamp Killer in, who DJs every Wednesday at the Low End Theory in Lincoln Heights. He is a vital bridge in the worlds of electronic and hip-hop music, so he's a perfect guest for the first episode. And he has a new album coming out on Brain Feeder Records called Breakthrough this September. I'm sitting next to the tea-drinking rapper, MC No Can Do. I am No Can Do. I'm drinking tea. I am a rapper. What's up? <laughs> so what sort of chicanery do you want to get into in the podcast every week? I just want to make fun of people. That's all I want to do. I just want to just poke fun at people, yeah. I mean, what does shots fired mean to you? Uh, it can mean a few things, but in this sense, on, on a podcast, not on the streets, but on a podcast... <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. On a podcast, it means... Something there's a current event. Somebody did something silly. I'm gonna make it look sillier. Yeah, because basically the whole idea is that rap is sort of you know wrestling or Marvel comics. Every character has to be larger than life, and the idea of this is sort of to deflate that and not let itself take itself too seriously. It's we we plan to kick everything in rap in the nuts, and hopefully not get punched in the nuts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't give a fuck. So James, as I'm revealing to the world, that's your real name. What is the title of this week's episode? First off, don't call me James. Second off, the title of the episode is called Fanute the Coop. What the fuck does that mean? Well, Fanute the Coop is actually comes from a song called Stay Scheming by Rick Ross. And <gasps> that's how Rick Ross sounds. He's comically obese. He wears sunglasses a lot and lots of Versace and adores crab. Shots fired. Stay Scheming coined the word Fanute when the artist French Montana forgot every syllable in the phrase from the hoopty to the coop and it came out Fanute. I honestly think he said from the hoopty coop. From the hoopty coop? I think it was from the hoopty to the coop, but this is sort of the point. You can never really tell what a lot of artists say or what French Montana says ever. And, you know, basically, let's just hear him say it. So that coop just got fanuted. We're about to fanute this show real quick. Yeah, we're gonna fanute. Which uh, fanuting? I mean, you can do a lot of things with fanute. I mean, I don't even like fanuting. Could be fixing up the coop. It could be jumping into the coop. It could be racing the coop. Racing the coop. You could be parking the coop. Fleeing the coop. <laughs> you could be fleeing definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it it could just be, you know, something that you do with the ghost dog. Yeah, with, uh, with the coop. Like, I think he's a huge Forrest Whitaker fan. Is it? I mean, who isn't a huge Forrest Whitaker fan? I only like him in, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High when he's Jefferson. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I like him as Edie. Edie, I mean, mean yeah, because I think that's who, one of my favorite dictators and outlaws. Tupac Shakur is outlaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's who Forrest Whitaker really is. So basically, the Fanute controversy. New York Times does this huge article uh, about it. Uh, and, and one of the things in the article is there's a website called Rap Genius that, you know, a lot of people say negative things about Rap Genius, but I, I do think it's a very useful website because, you know, it's so, look, like, <laughs> I just want to Google rap lyrics sometimes. Mm -hmm. like, I don't care for the explanation, but, like, you know, at least it's like, yeah, 
It's out there. I just want to know what they wrote, what they say. I mean, like, I, I really don't, but and, I can see why people do. Yeah, I mean, I like mm. personally, I would rather interpret like Ghostface myself without, mm. and from French Montana for that matter. Mm-hmm. But so basically, rap, rap genius was like, you know, he's not saying fanud, he's saying from the hoop to the coop, but. The beauty, I think, of hip-hop is that a word like fanute could be birthed to feel like there's this there's this engagement with hip-hop, you know, with the listeners and artists and fans and just, like, journalists. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's constantly evolving. I mean, like, whether it's, like, a, becomes obnoxious real fast, like swag or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, like, whack, like, you know. Some yeah, things. whack, all guy. Whack, no one has said whack in a long time, you the know? The bomb. Yeah, the bomb. But, like, people would just say ridiculous words, like, can you, like only white people, like, bomb diggity. Can you imagine white people? Like, I've had girls that have texted me that, and I'm like, I can't never talk to you again. Where are they from? Are they from Santa Monica? Like, Chatsworth. Chatsworth, <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong bomb? with Chatsworth. My mother is from the Valley. Shout out to Terry Weiss. But um, note but no, that he doesn't live there. Just, yeah, just, I don't live in the Valley, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! No, it's fine. It's cool. I mean, the Valley's a fun place. But um, anyway, so Fanute the Coop came out, and I, I, you know, I think that the, it's, it's, it's our linguistics episode. Well, we're going to talk next about about a concept, an epidemic, really, that's been kind of sweeping America from the hood swag to the suburbs swag. Swag. I, swag. I, I don't. I don't say that word. It's, 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 it's not like a four-letter word. I choose not to use. Yeah, this. We're, we're not speaking of swag and like the trendy. Like you know, what well, our swag was when swag was used. Like Fanuta Coop. We're, t- we're talking about someone's life essence. You know, the classic blood-sucking Some, sense that someone's that, style. that's famous for in the music industry. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's called Swag Dracula. Swag Dracula. Yeah. I mean, do you? Does anybody remember? Uh, you know that song "Pistol Grip Pump" by Volume Ten. Yeah, yeah. How could I forget that? I mean, that was the one uh, Project Blood song they played on the radio. Yeah. Do you remember when Ice Cube started rapping like Volume Ten? Yeah, it yeah. was like a half Volume Ten, half Mac Ten. Yeah, he liked numerals. He, he loved those. He yeah. loved numerals. Yeah, he, he loved those tens. You he know? couldn't rap like E Forty. No, <laughs> no not one no. can rap like E Forty. Because E Forty is he, he. He's the oldest. I mean, he's one of the guys that. He, I mean, you want to talk about Swag Dracula fanuting new words that came? I mean, how many words has E Forty invented? Yeah, like the, he's gonna take a million I mean, dollar insurance uh, policy on his on his out yeah. on, on his mouthpiece. You can't prove. That's I mean, what he said he's gonna do. He should. I mean, he's and I, I feel like that is why um, indie rock doesn't really do shit like that. And I f- no, because they're because because I think they're they take themselves very seriously. Too much of that college and like mm-hmm. the fancy book learning yeah. that the kids are not into. <laughs> And the, the, here's the, here's the thing though, like when you know when like rappers are like college educated, they know better. They know well enough to not take themselves too seriously. Like two like, chains, like two chains, or like rich boy, or like you know, like or plies, or or pl- especially plies, flowers for Algernod. You're plies. not gonna teach anybody when you're posturing yourself to to seem like your greatest. Like Rick Perry, plies has a degree in agricultural science. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Wow, Rick Perry. Bow. And so Rick Perry and Plies are just like each other. We're going to talk now about Swag Dracula and the, really the history of Swag Dracula as it as it stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a phenomenon that happens in hip hop. That happens in every art, but in hip hop, uh, that's that's the you know the field that I'm uh, in rap music. That's the field that I'm I call myself an expert in, or some people would call me expert in. There's this thing. James uh, actually is probably the best freestyle rapper in. 
America. He used to. He still does freestyle every week at the Low and Theory every Wednesday night. But I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm not as good as I was when I was 25. But if I went to prison for like two months, I'd be the best in the world. Yeah. I would just get it brushed back by freestyling every day for my life. You would be the second best because Max B was too. Max B. Max would, B would still. Max be B more. would run you. Yeah, Max B was still. I mean, he he his shit would be more wavy. I'd be more punchline. That's true. But uh, but so the swag Dracula thing. There's a lot of times artists, you know, uh, there's an older artist, right? And uh, he's, you know, further along in his career and he kind of runs out of uh, new new ways to dress up the, the old things that he's been saying, you know? And uh, they run into, uh, you know, a lot of times, kids. Kids kids push things along yeah. so far, you know? They might run into a young young guy that it's, doesn't have much to say but just has a new way of it's saying pretty a- It's pretty age old, the swag Dracula in hip-hop because... You know, one of the original swag Draculas was uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. Uh, the notebook was stolen from Grandmaster Kaz and used. Yeah. And then, you know, Kaz never got paid. And yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the original yeah, it, sin. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the swag Dracula. Swag Dracula. We is... actually have a video of, the, of, of that. Really? We should play it, yeah. Play it. Original swag Dracula. Let's go. Van Helsing. Now that you have learned what you have learned, it would be well for you to return to your own country. I prefer to remain and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through your veins. So the epidemic of swag draculing has also had a lot of uh, incarnations in the modern times. There was the very famous example of Jay-Z and Young Chris. Well, the famous example of Jay-Z and, and the like, not-known story of Young Chris. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> nobody knows. Like, I remember hearing a Young Chris song in like 2007, 2008, and I was like, who is this guy totally ripping off Jay-Z? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Little did I know that, I mean, I, I'd heard his stuff. Basically, Young Chris was a Philadelphia rapper. He was young. He was like 20, 21 years old. And he was in a group called uh, Young Guns. And they were in Jay-Z's, uh, affi- a Jay-Z-affiliated crew called State Property that were signed to Rockefeller. Jay-Z basically signed Young Chris uh, and then proceeded to swag Dracula him. Yeah. I mean, in real talk, dude, if you're going to take anybody's style in the country, like for, for rap, it's either Philadelphia or Oakland. Like Philadelphia has like the they come up every two years. There's like a new way that they do things, you know. Yeah. And I, I think since they're not close, to well, the well Rick Ross did it with Meek Mill to a de- to a degree. I mean, they kind of. Yeah. I wouldn't call it. A, I wouldn't call it a, a definitive swag Dracula. Yeah, I, I think Rick Ross would be rapping newer and better if he did it. He, he didn't do the Meek Mill thing right. He didn't swag Dracula yeah. him like Jay Z. Yeah, he didn't leave him a, a bloodless corpse. Yeah, he would have released two albums. With his style first, and then released the Meek Mill record. Yeah, you know, like so. Then th- there's been there's been other ones. Uh, um, another notable swag Dracula in recent memory was uh, ASAP Rocky and Space Ghost Perp. ASAP Rocky is a rapper out of New York who raps like a combination of a rapper from Houston, Memphis, and uh, you know he does have a little bit of New York influence in him. Space Ghost Perp is a rapper from Miami who is very obsessed with 1990s Three Six Mafia and the gangster rap of MC8 in the in the in California in the 90s. Yeah. And 
how how would you describe that uh that swag draculing? It ended up in a huge internet Twitter war, which is the way that real hip hoppers do it now. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, r- real rappers like go in on Twitter like hashtags and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's no more song there's no more diss songs anymore in hip hop. There's just like weird Twitter slap fights. Yeah. It's no, I I think the way that kinda happened. That was kind of natural, I think. That was like, you know, hey... It's an I'll- organic... It's very modern. It's an yeah. organic, pesticide-free swag draculing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to work with you uh, because I like your style. And it's like, all it's all up front. It's kind of like, you know... You it's kind of like yeah. pimping, you know? Just yeah. like, you know, I would like to work with he you. He saw somebody on the corner. I think- he- on the internet we can go places baby yeah you know you know i like your url i like your youtube videos yeah let's just get crazy and drink a lot of lean yeah and and keep it real exactly how it worked and keep it real i i'm a new york and i move really really fast and i'm all about i'm all about progress and you just want to kick it that that was that was like i'm a new yorker i'm i'm gonna make make something well there's definitely an art to the swag draculing because it's often taking an unrefined product and making it very and it you know and making it polished and you know palatable to the masses and you know if you really look at the history of art there's a long history of of you know obviously influences bouncing off of each other and you know people become friends but in in rap, it, it tends to take like a very carnivorous, mercenary kind of tone. Oh yeah, which brings us to our latest, most controversial swag draculing yet. Ooh. What's 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 going on here? Well, Nas, who is pretty much universally regarded as one of the five to ten greatest rappers of all time, and one of the, if if not the best writer, then then certainly up there, was accused of being ghostwritten, of having lyrics from his. 2007 album untitled formerly known as nigger or should have been known as nigger but he didn't have the balls to release it as nigger because people were against him but you know you know you can rap about fucking selling crack but you can't you know t- name your fucking album nigger like yeah nah, nah, nah. it was a pretty i mean it was a controversial album like the, the cover i uh, had Nas like with uh scars on his back from from being whipped and it, mm-hmm. it, it definitely was his Cause he's a drama queen and yeah. it was definitely his yeah <laughs> So it was like a concept album about race in America, and um, it was a great album. I loved it. I listened to it every day for like three months. It's an awful, awful album. But I'm like, everyone else hated it, but I think it's because the buildup, the fucking buildup. Like, but I, I also think it's one one of those albums where, like, I mean, come on, like, white people. It was not for white people. Let's just be honest with you. It was yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. As as a young, you know, as a young kid from South Central, I maybe I connected with with it. Yeah. But the the bottom line though is, it, it Nas made an album basically where, like, if you were a white person that hated the album, you felt like you were a total asshole, and um, for not liking it because you feel like you should have because you know every every white hip hop fan that like has this like enormous liberal guilt is that to them so you know like that, that's real talk um, our great 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 grandparents were horrible yeah luckily i don't because i was like my grandparents were in the holocaust so what <laughs> easy out yeah easy easy out yeah unfortunately then the jews decided to take over the record industry and i apologize for the sins of lee arcone but <laughs> basically j electronica it, it came out this week that he was he allegedly ghostwrote the album, and basically what happened was there was a post. Uh, the, tr- <laughs> the website is called the the person who first broached the allegations against Jay Electronica. The website is called Rappers I Know, which is, you know, it's, as you know, it's some groupy. It's a it's a groupy name in a yeah, way. Yeah. And but it's successful, like shots fired. People will be like, I like that idea. I like knowing rapper. <laughs> this guy knows rappers. <laughs> 
And I'd like to know a rapper. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Florida well. He was at my bar mitzvah. It was cool. Like we did the limbo together. It was awesome. I mean, I'm at the bar mitzvah and everything is out of control. The problem with Florida at a bar mitzvah though is unfortunately the the weightlifting has really curtailed his ability to limbo correctly. His flexibility not the best. Do they limbo at bar mitzvahs? Oh, do they limbo at bar mitzvahs? I've never been to a bar mitzvah, and I feel robbed of this experience. <laughs> I feel like I just need to have children now so you can attend their bar mitzvah. I'm just be there, like, Haim. Yeah. yeah, toast to crime. Yo, I, are you getting Jews like love black people at the bar mitzvah? They like, really? like yo, they get very excited. They're like, wow. They're yeah. like, like, <laughs> I, like, like we we weren't scorned. Yeah, you know we're. The Jewish history, like we, like you and I, we have something in common. Yeah. yeah. Well, to 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 go back to my long our long winded discussion about this, basically, Jay Electronica was accused of it, and there's a writer named Dream Hampton who uh, she actually co-wrote Jay Z's Decoded book, which. For all we know, she she could have helped ghostwrite that, or you know, who who knows what happened. I'm mean, not not to make any accusations at her, but there is another long history of 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 authors and and celebrity books. You know, where very often the the celebrity input is pretty much nil, and the, the author ends up writing it herself. And not to ca- not to cast any aspersions on her, but she basically tweets, "I think Jay writes what he believes," and she's referring to Jay Z. Nas's nigger album was largely written by stick of dead prez and jay electronica so that's crazy. so basically the song in question that she was saying that jay electronica wrote was a song that jay electronica got a production credit for it's called queens get the money and it's actually my favorite song on the album and let's just play a snippet of it right now Ayo, queens get the money, niggas still screaming paper chasing But presidential candidates is planning wars with other nations over stake with masons Pregnant teens give birth to intelligent gangsters, they daddy's faceless Play this, by your stomach, let my words massage it and rub it I'll be his daddy if there's nobody there to love it Tell him his name, Nasir, tell him how he got here Mama was just having fun with someone above her years Niggas is still hating, talking that Nas done fell off with rhyming He'd rather floss with diamonds, they pray please God, let him spit that Uzi and the army lining. That shorty do I roll it ooh in the park with cl- Yeah, yeah, that's That's okay. To be fair, that probably is a J Electronica song. Like I'm not gonna s- I, I, but you know what? There are Nas lines in there. You can hear it. Like the truth is, they probably collaborated on that. Like, but there are definitely lines that Nas would not like. The bulimic on a seesaw line. That is not a line that Nas has ever written. I don't believe. I mean. Like and the way that he referenced himself is not a way that I heard Nas reference himself. No, and He's like who's gonna spit that? That's like or who's gonna like that? That whole way of speaking is not his. It reminds me of like kind of when Jay Z ghost wrote "Still DRE" for Dre. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? It it's was like, like the perfect ghost writing. It was the perfect ghost writing, and yeah. you're like you're like still like, you know, it, it was that wasn't a swag Dracula, but like this instance was more of a swag Dracula because to to explain basically. Jay Electronica, people first started hearing about him on the internet around 2006, 2007. He was a rapper f- from New Orleans originally, but he was this vagabond, kind of like, almost like Jack Kerouac-like figure, very mis- shrouded in mystery, nobody knew anything about him. He ended up in Detroit, got the cosign of Jay Dilla right before he died. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically started putting out all these songs, started dating Erica Badu, had just Blaze's co-sign. Yeah. And at the you t- know what happens when you start dating Erica Badu. Yeah, sh- yeah, you get Baduism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout out to Sacho, Sun Ra. And basically you get, you get Baduism and you become great for about two years before d- descending into an abyss of madness. No one has ever rapped well again after Erica Badu. Yeah. Andre 3000 is doing Gillette commercials and Common is like a gap 
turtleneck wear. I think I think I think Andre three thousand has had to fight his way back into being a really 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 amazing lyricist, and he's really amazing. He's amazing. I do didn't take that away from him, no. but I think she took away his work ethic. Yeah, she she, <laughs> she ruined his desire to do anything productive. Yeah, yeah. No. Now he just wants to play the guitar and just like chill. Yeah, yeah I good, think like good for him and go to the newsroom in West Hollywood. I think he should do do some more acting. But I, there's a, there's a comic book character in like in the X Men stuff from the '90s. His name was Fabian Cortez, mm-hmm. and uh, Erica Badu and Fabian Cortez have the, have the same superpower. By the way, so um, I'm not gonna refer, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Just go Google that shit. The word is you can never really trust anyone named Fabian, anyways. No, no, no. It's like a distrust word. It's like a business manager's name in Hollywood. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> my manager for Fabian. A lot, a lot of hair gel. A lot, a lot of hair, hair gel. gel. Yeah. Nothing wrong with hair gel, but if you if there was, it would be with someone. Don't named trust Fabian. anybody that uses too much. though. No, no, it's it's like too much cologne. Or a black man with manicured dreads. Don't trust him. <laughs> Can't. So basically, Jay Electronica was this kind of. He wasn't really a young guy. He was like thirty three years old at the time, but Nas was like 36, 37, mm-hmm. a few years older. It was kind of just, you know, Nas was seen as on decline. Jay Electronica was seen on the rise, getting all this attention. And he basically, you know, enlisted his collaboration because he was, he had, you know, to, for lack of a better word, he had the heat at, at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was before I knew who Jay Electronica yeah. was. So it was, it might've been while he was, on he was in the, the rise in the industry, but fairly unknown to yeah. Because the there is this like there the interesting thing about the music industry is there are artists that are only known about in the music industry, and none of the media knows about them. No one in the outside world knows about them, but mm. they are they're being used as. I mean, I, Drake I think was one of those people before anyone had ever heard of him. He was already doing ghostwriting, and mm-hmm. he was in the system. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and and Hollywood has kind of a similar thing, but um, basically, so then you just heard Queens get the money, which. Probably was collaborative, and basically, uh, I mean, but collaboration is not necessarily imitation. You know, it is. Well, I don't think well, ghostwriting is Im- Im- imitation. I think that's it's true collaboration. I think it's you know, it's like uh, it's like if you're it's like writer and actor. Yeah, you know, it's like it's true yeah, a lot of improvisation, obviously. So basically, Dream Hapton respond the, the rap the guy from rappers I know claimed that he got a phone call from Jay Electronica saying that. Basically telling him like, oh, I've been good. Like, which is, like, dude, stop, stop fucking snitching, man. Yes. Like, yo, you cannot. I'm sorry if you get if you're ghostwriting something, you cannot be calling up media people. I mean, nobody like. Can you imagine if you like someone was like, oh, hey, you want to ghost? And you told you can't tell me. No. Or if and if you told me, you should be able to beat my ass if yeah. I told anyone. Like, it's not on Twitter. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. Yeah, so I, then Dream Hampton goes back to this guy tw- via Twitter. Yeah. You you only got a phone call. I heard reference tapes for like six songs. I shed thug tears too. Woo. He's a Virgo and one of my faves. First of all, yo, really? He's a fucking Virgo? Like that's it? Like, that's it. Like, Shots fired. Nas has one of my horoscope signs, so it hurt. Like, uh, how about he wrote Illumatic? Yeah. Not that he's a fucking Virgo. Or how about he wait, wrote wait, I Gave You Power? Hey, b- before, before we get Backpacker Backlash, in, in excitement, you said Illumatic. We should just say Illmatic. Whatever. I don't pronounce things correctly, but I, I know what I'm talking about. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, I'm inventing new words. So, you know. Yeah. But, no, like... I, I don't know. I, we don't I, care about your backpacker backlash for the record, backpacker. <laughs> it's okay. We both. We like have it. our own backpack. I have a backlash back at your backpacking. I like once wore a, a, a vinyl bag. Yeah. I didn't wear a but, vinyl but bag. Real talk, That's like why. I, I don't blame I don't blame Nas for 
enlisting the help of and, and, and when I say like uh, like a young guy is a guy that you know is, is a guy that gets swag Dracula I just mean somebody who's who has young energy who's still hungry yeah. and hasn't had their chance to shine well Max B was swag Dracula and he was in his 30s as well yeah I mean, if Max B was 70 I would not even be yeah. be surprised Max B's references are from like 1978 also when you go to jail I think like it kind of like you get replanted because you're you're tapped into the young like rappers that come out of jail like I mean it takes them a while to get back but there's like a whole I mean that's like a different it's a different topic for a different episode of what goes here's on here's the thing general. what makes great artists is real fucking life experiences the industry will slowly br- t- it'll take you away from situations that give you fucking good ideas it takes you away from bitchy girlfriends it takes you away from fucking being in the streets and getting shot at or it takes you away from having shitty jobs it takes like that's what makes like a really good rapper that's you know? why you, that's why people need to swag dracula because eventually they get famous and they're yeah. like at a point where number one you can't it's it's you know it's like a lot of famous writers too it's like at a certain point, you lose the ability to walk into a room and nobody knows who you are. So yeah. everywhere they go, every every interaction they have with somebody is going to be biased by the fact that mm-hmm. you know, they know who they are and they're mm-hmm. trying to get something from you. Yeah. You can't have this like honest inter- – you can't be the fly on the wall anymore, which is really, I think, where all good writing comes from. Yeah, yeah. Nas was the guy who you know was talking about the tech on his dresser. He was observing it. Jay-Z famously said, like, yeah. I gave you that tech. So, I mean, even from an early age, you know, he was like the poet project kind of watching from his window, you know? Yeah, yeah. And – then he like, sees the ability to be that, so you know. Yeah, because because you know he's dating a super or he's got a superstar wife and he's flying all over the fucking world. Like it's that's it's just not real shit. So you know, big up to Jay Electronica for you know helping that guy out. But there's more. There's more. There's more. Okay. Apparently, okay, according okay. to according to this brew haha. <laughs> I sorry, I'm just I just really wanted to say the word brouhaha. And he basically Nas reached out to M1 and Stickman from Dead Prez. Mm-hmm. And also to, to make it racist as fuck. Yeah, he wanted he wanted the perspective of of, of somebody that would be a Klansman, but black. kill the white people. I have I have, hey, issue, I have issues with that press because you know we've got you, to you kill haven't the you white people. You haven't lived until you've been to a liberal arts college and just seen white people like go nuts to like all these like horribly racist dead press songs. And you're like, yeah. they hate you and they want you dead, and they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, I but, don't know what that is. I, know, I bet you yeah. they I bet you they're popping in like and. Uh, fucking uh, Colorado Springs or Boulder where all those fucking Trustafarians are no, right? oh yeah Boulder yeah, yeah big Boulder, time yeah. Uh, apparently Nas had never heard the dead press like Mind Sex but which career <laughs> <laughs> in their career if you <laughs> haven't heard Mind Sex we're not gonna fucking play it but just go YouTube that shit Mind Sex isn't that like in some isn't that like in this Sylvester Stallone movie where he gets frozen and goes to the future and fights Wesley Snipes Demolition Man yeah no, doesn't he have Mind Sex in that movie <laughs> I believe Mind Sex is actually just sex packets from Digital Underground but so basically Nas hits up M1 from or he hits up M1 and Stickman basically and Stickman said you know basically they went to hang out they went to write they went to produce Mm -hmm. you know they they developed the Fox the Sly Fox song about Fox News you know and then basically there was this kind of 24 hour gap (laughs) where everyone is like doesn't say a word about it. And then, like, of course, Jay Electronica and, like, Dead Press come out and be like, no, he didn't, he didn't, I never would ghostwrite for him. He's one of the greatest rappers ever. But it's just one of those. No, that 24-hour gap is when motherfucking lawyers are talking to people. That's what that 24-hour yeah. gap is. You've got to do something right now. Jay Electronica can, like, be like, what's up, my tweeples? But, like, 24 hours go by and he can't, like, refute an allegation that he ghostwrote a song for Nas, even though I still can't get over why he's playing it for media members. Like, that is just, like, 
you know, it's just Biggie had the decency. They didn't let the the little Kim reference rhymes leak out until after he died. Like everyone knew it, but no one. It, ghostwriting. I mean, and, but ghostwriting's pretty rampant. I think like if you look at most of your favorite rappers, they probably have had, if not consistently getting stuff ghostwritten, then they have in the past. I don't like. I think when people have the ability to write a great song themselves, but just want to diversify shit, like you know. That that's cool, you know, yeah. and, I, and I really think that like when you open a fucking pop record, bro, like or like you know, my, my wife's really into fucking Rihanna, right? Mm-hmm. You open the record, and by one song, there'll be like six people. names, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and it's once like, you get that to that should... level, it's not necessarily one man's artistic, you know, pouring of his soul out. It's just like it's a product, mm-hmm. you know. It's like and like we try to deny it. We want to like pretend that it's art, but like I mean, what's Rick Ross if not just like a really great product? Yeah. Except I think Rick Ross. I I think Rick Ross uses less ghostwriters than than the average dude because he spent so much time writing for other people. I I I think that Rick Ross is gets everything ghostwritten for. You think so? I think so. I completely think so. I I mean, what he went from rhyming Atlantic to Atlantic to being like you know, yeah, just being like this intricate like East Coast style rhymer. I mean, I think Gilly the Kid is writing for everyone. (laughs) It's basically which which brings us back to fucking Philadelphia. Which Philadelphia? Jay Electronica spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Oh, a lot of time in Philadelphia. You know what? And that's too much. It's a lot of real life, and there's a lot of Muslims, and it's a lot of words and a lot yeah, of I think you know, Philadelphia was I think actually where he got introduced of being five uh, percent. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or nation. He might be nation. I think he's nation of Islam or five. I think he's he's five percent. Yeah, dude. Spending time in Philadelphia will, will make you a, a, a better serious rapper. Spending time in Oakland will teach you how to have fun. So I think the moral really of of all this controversy is that if you're going to swag Dracula, you probably should do it with somebody from Philadelphia. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna have our guests. The motherfucking gas lamp killer. Shots fired. Pow. Shots fired. Che, 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 che. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. By now, you've heard a lot about Audible, but there's a lot you might not know. Did you know that Audible audiobooks can be played on our iPhones, Androids, Kindle Fires, Windows phones, and on over 500 MP3 players? Most importantly, did you know that you can get a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting www.audiblepodcast.com? Shots fired. Need a suggestion of a book to start with? How about The Big Payback, The History of Business of Hip Hop by Dan Charnis? Shots fired. Audible. Shots fired. All right, this is, is Shots Fired. Yes. You should be finuting your coop. If not, then finute you. We're here with the motherfucking Gas Lamp Killer, the hottest DJ on the streets of Los Angeles and the Gas Lamp District. Shit, if I was the hottest DJ on the streets of the Gas Lamp District, I would want you to shoot me in the head right here, right now. I'm just saying, like, by proxy you are, because you have a gas lamp in your name. I can't even do a show at any club in the Gas Lamp. I will get booed off the stage what? and water thrown at me and drinks thrown at me is that first like five <laughs> minutes of my set. Is that just co- like when college I was a party kid. Town? Is that college party town? It's or? just... It's, it's just, like Marine. Oh yeah? yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's a nice city, but the, the music <laughs> scene doesn't like underground anything. No, and I mean you can. Count I, don't, on... I only use that word for them because for us, it's not even underground anymore. I mean, We're everywhere. Pretty everything. much you and mm. Ganja Sufi and Jo Felony and Mitchie Slick. Jo Felony, Jo Felony from San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, Jo Felony is probably the hardest gangster rap lyricist in the world, and you have Jo Felony swag. That's what I've just realized All right. now that that has happened. <laughs> Mitchie right. Slick. That yes. <laughs> I'm so down with Southeast San Diego. We live near TJ. If you're not up on game, then you're just 
you're you're too far from Tijuana, basically. Yeah. How did you meet Ganja Sufi? Ganja Sufi came into my record store. Actually, we met at a battle first. I saw him battling, rhyming, uh, and then I saw him at Pokey's, our amazing mm-hmm. vegan Mexican eatery uh, in San Diego, one of the best vegetarian vegan Mexican spots ever. And uh, he was the DJ there. He would DJ Roots Reggae while people were eating and dub and stuff like that. And uh, he was always a very interesting looking character, always on the streets, always out and about doing his thing. And then, fast forward a year or so, I got a job at a local record store called Access Hip Hop, which I... Uh, oh, Access Hip Hop takes care of the whole underground that's the right they they really gave they gave me my first shot really and and uh i met a lot of good people through that record store but yeah Gardner sufi came in with his cassette tapes and was like yo can i can i get you know five bucks each for these and all of us uh at the record store were kind of on some consignment stuff at the time so we were like no you can consign them and he got so mad <laughs> you guys are supposed to be supporting underground sd hip-hop and we're like well we don't have the money to pay you up front but if it sells we promise you we'll pay you as it sells and we'll get another disc in and he just had this anger he was just like oh hey, thank god for all that yoga yeah and then uh i, like I would that. yeah i would play his music all the time and everyone in the store would be cringing like oh god you keep playing this weirdo shit but I just loved it so yeah. much. And uh, then he heard some of the stuff that I was doing and asked me for a, a track. And that was uh, a duet. And that, that's this tight. I like. I love the fact that Ganja Sufi does all that yoga, but he still keeps that anger. It kind of reminds me of my dad because my dad <laughs> will go to yoga class. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you can't get rid of it, really. No, my dad. No, my dad comes out a uh, yoga class. You know, like an hour of like hour and a half of Zen, and he comes out and he's like, "Yeah, I'm better than everybody else in that yoga class." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, because that shit doesn't get rid of your balls, man. Like, no. I like real talk. Like, I took yoga class, dude. I took yoga once, and all I could think about is how many bitches were in the room. Like, it didn't change me as a person. I thought that was the whole reason to go to yoga. <laughs> okay, that's not. <laughs> I was just like, that shit is great. Yeah, I, I, you know. yeah. What was downward facing dog for? <laughs> like, uh, what are they insinuating? What are they da- downward facing dog? I mean, come on. That's the title. We all know what you're talking about. That's Bikram. a That's the title of, of a porn movie. Down, what what I've been getting dog. from Ganja Sufi. His standpoint is, you know, you learn how to breathe and yeah. and harness that anger and turn it into energy that you can use instead yeah. of just being this pent-up stress ball. Totally. You can release it and learn how to channel it and everything like that. Yeah. And that that's important for all human beings to learn how to channel your mm-hmm. your stress and your rage and your sadness and try to like use use all these amazing colorful rainbow of emotions that we have use them all f- and channel that yeah, into that just sounded gay cuz no I feel day. like <laughs> well, it's alright well let's talk about the new, the new record I feel like does all those things well that's the thing about Will I feel like he has all this like like you're, you're always like reconciling like this like anger and rage and like passion you know energy with like kind of this desire for like you know harmony enlightenment inner like, peace yeah like things that are like you know like pretty songs but like dirty and grimy things so it's like this kind of you know, light and dark kind of balance. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, that's what everybody's life is. It's just, if you can reflect that in your music, I think it's it's awesome. And that's been a goal of mine my entire life. And I hope that I did that with this album. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, and you got some, like, amazing guests on it. I mean, Adrian Young, uh, Black Dynamite, you know, Venice Dawn. Yeah, Adrian Young is the dopest producer right now for live music, I think, in the world. He's just, like, stepped up to the plate and 
hit it out of the park completely. I think uh, his new records are going to blow everyone away. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, how did you, uh, like, for a song like, I mean, you you evolved a lot, I think, from this album, from from your previous stuff. I mean, it's called Breakthrough. I mean, how did the name come? I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's self-explanatory in a way, but do you remember kind of how you kind of came up with it? And yeah, basically, I, I felt like um, the first album was My Troubled Mind, just totally depressed, mid-20s, lonely, confused mess. And then... <laughs> Death Gate, Death Gate was like hitting rock bottom, <laughs> and that that time in my life was like a little bit later, just hitting rock bottom and having a. My rock bottom wasn't as bad as some people's, yeah. but it definitely just became evident that I needed to get my life together. And then breakthrough is getting my life together, yeah. and I like to talk about that. And rock it's bottom. actually, it's actually breakthrough is another word that you can use for that clarity or that understanding or that enlightenment yeah. or that moment where you just something switches in your head and you go okay I, i'm i'm going to change my life and you got and you got to you know get mm -hmm. to that everybody's got to get to that point some people don't they could just go through lives being who they are forever and never reflect and never try to change for the better but that should sound gay, cuz. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not me, man. I gotta get better. I gotta evolve. Stop with your rampant homophobia. There's <laughs> it's not really homophobia. It's not. The, no, I don't it's mean good. As serious people. as we get, I'm just kind of making jabs. Yeah, come in with yeah comedic I, I, relief. Yeah. I I'm really, that. I'm a serious guy, man. You know, I, but I gotta jab every once in a you while. Know, some people he's, he's, like would James. You call yourself deep. Just James? don't evolve. Fuck no. <laughs> no Fuck no. Not, Look, not I got my deep pants on, so no matter what he says, we're gonna be fine. Those are not deep pants. Those are beach pants. I said D pants. D pants? What is it? What are D pants? God, if you don't know Tim and Eric, just leave. <laughs> no, I don't be watching. We're TV canceling like that. this whole show. I, got, I don't have TV. I got children, bro. We're canceling Wanna this go? interview. <laughs> interview over. We already got you recorded, bro. Just because you we know about Eric Andre doesn't <laughs> give you street cred. Oh, just jab, boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> he All knows right. Hannibal Buress too. Buress, Burrs. Burrs. All right, so um, well, tell me about this rock bottom that you hit, like. You don't got to go go in, in, into detail, but that was like a couple years ago, right? Two years ago? No, it was last year. It was last year. Yeah, it was last year, and uh, I felt like I didn't want to perform anymore, and I didn't want to make any music, and I didn't want to be uh, in the role of a, any kind of community member, mm -hmm. let alone community leader, and I decided that I wasn't going to do this anymore because it wasn't worth it, and I, I had a bad taste in my mouth about everything. And that's fucking sad. Yeah, sure. I'm not even 30 years old, and I was totally feeling burnt. And uh, that has nothing to do with the fans, or with low end, or with my international touring, or my records, or anything like that. I think that was a deep thing going on within me that I had to that well, I had to just it's, find. It's also hard. I mean, like you do expend a lot of energy, and you're playing out a lot, and like that can just leave you kind of. I mean, it's like must be hard to kind of keep up that energy level at all times you know like i'm sure sometimes you just want to be like yeah i'm just gonna chill there but you can't because you have like you know you have like a you, when you when you perform at a high level you have to kind of stay at that level you can't just kind of play your songs yeah i know man and i don't have like giant stage props or any kind of crazy psychedelic light show or any would you would you want to get some of that stuff one day like no. what about what, like a giant floating lizard what if in japan i came out behind you in a big mech 
like a mecha robot. That would be awesome. Okay. <laughs> and I just like twerked the whole time. That would be <laughs> like twerk. twerking. That would only be cool because it was it was you. I am twerk bot. <laughs> yeah, it would only be cool because it was you. Uh, if it was anyone else, though, I would have I would have been I would be upset. Yes. Okay. I think synchronized twerk bots. Like you have like four of them on stage. Me and like, John, they're just doing. I the control d- one. I'm like <laughs> John Wayne is doing. It. I'm, I'm in the back and I just I have a power glove and like a fucking like a robot like you know pants. It'd thing be pretty much on. like yeah. yeah. I think the movie in, Ghostbusters when, too. No can do John Wayne Gaslamp Killer Low End Theory Japan 2012. I think we're gonna be on stage with each other for the whole shows. Like I don't think I think we're gonna have our rider on the stage. We're gonna have our party on the stage. Nobody's mm-hmm. gonna be getting going away. Everyone's gonna just be together. Hopefully, oh, yeah. there's only three of us, and we're all the way over there. So I think and then we won't real. have anybody there that we can speak English to. So we'll just, we'll just be hiding. <laughs> it's scary out there. Yeah. So about the record, what do you think? Uh, you know, if you if you would want, like, I don't know if there's like an ideal listener, but if there was something that you'd want someone to take away from the record, kind of that summed up this whole process, this whole year, what would you what would you think it would be? I just want. I hope that my energy was captured in the album. I hope that even though I recorded with a bunch of musicians and almost every single song is a collaborative effort. I hope that people could still feel my energy and my evolution and my my vibe in it. And I hope that it takes them on a similar journey to what my mixtapes do and what my live shows do. I hope that it encompasses me as a human being and me as an artist and me as a performer all in one. That's what I want. Great. Now uh, we're going to have you play some of the songs from the record. and uh, you, you maybe introduce them and kind of maybe say a couple words about yeah, them. Yeah, I'd like to play Nisim. Nisim? Yeah, Nisim is a song for my grandfather and my brother, uh, both with the same name. Shouts to my grandfather from Istanbul, Turkey, and rest in peace to my big brother Jake, uh, Jacob Nisim Ben Susan. And this song is all live from scratch with Amir Yagmai and a couple of his friends with Daedalus on the engineering. And uh, it's my it's my Turkish ode and my family ode and my 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 dedication to my to my Turkish roots as well as to my to my grandfather who I never met who passed away at 43 and a dedication to my brother who also passed away at 43 what? and they share the same name and they both passed away very suddenly and very unexpectedly so there's a lot going on with this song um, and I kind of got the vibe uh, from a Turkish artist from the 70s and I this is my rework of it is, this is, is my rendition of it is this basically. is this like a Rebetica? is that the, 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 the style of music uh, this is more like Turkish psychedelic funk. Turkish psychedelic funk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know what the traditional name would be. I that's what I know it as. Some Turkish psychedelic funk. So here's Nisim mm-hmm. from the new Gaslamp Killer album Breakthrough.
Yeah, there it was, Nisim, with Amir Yagmai, a very talented man, uh, born and raised in L.A., doing music with Daedalus, doing music under the name Jogger with our friend Jonathan Larroquette, and uh, yeah, very, very talented people over there in Santa Monica, that crew. Love Jogger, love Daedalus. Thanks for the help, y'all. Like Gaslamp Killer just said, that was a song by Gaslamp Killer called Nisim, named after Gaslamp Killer's brother and grandfather. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Shouts to all the Turkish homies. Shouts to all my Turkish people. I'll see you November 2nd at Babylon in Istanbul. Can't wait to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what's up, man? What are we doing, Jeff? I think we want to talk about uh, one more song. Do you want to play the single? Do you want to play something else? What do you want to... What are you, what are you thinking? I think we should play Flange Face. Yeah, I think yeah. we should. Featuring Miguel What, what is a Flange Face? I, I was... Well, basically, the song, uh, this is one of the songs I made on a flight somewhere, and uh, the main driving sound in the song is the hi-hats with the flanger turned all the way up. Okay. It's an effect, a DJ effect. Uh, it's not a DJ effect. It's, a, it's, a, it's an effect, you know. Yeah. It's the same effect that, uh, what's that one song, uh, the, the Bowie song that Nirvana did in... Uh, Oh, did, the uh, man who sold the world. Who yeah. sold the world? That's the effect that's on uh, his vocals. The mm. flange. Yeah, it's a classic, a classic effect. And uh, basically, I turned up the the flange on the hi hats, and it made this. Instead of just. It added like a whole other element Let's go. Yeah. to the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got you got me going. I, yeah, I, got, I, got, I, I wanted when you were doing the... I wanted to get it on beat, but it got... Uh, <laughs> God name, best new track on Pitchfork. Oh, uh, thanks, Pitchfork. Uh, yeah, it did. It's a great song. Makes me want to do mess one. Oh, I like that. I keep turning it up, so I'm sorry. Good, turn James, it up. James is cooking again. <laughs> Cooking in the studio, James. Yeah. I mean, I can't help it, man. <laughs> I'm a hungry boy. <laughs> I, got, I got to feed the wolves and all that, you know? Blanche face. The wolves within you. <laughs> Let's go.
Hey, Gaslam Killer, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Low in theory every Wednesday night in Los Angeles at the airliner 2419 North Broadway. Whoop. New Gaslam Killer album, Breakthrough, coming out September 18th, 18th. on Brain Feeder. Brain Feeder. Look for exclusive merch that you cannot get in stores anywhere on thegaslampkiller.com. You'll be able to get a limited edition of the vinyl record, and yeah. you'll also be able to get limited edition T-shirts and some stickers, some other fun stuff. And um, shouts out to Flylo, whose album comes out October 2nd. My birthday. Awesome birthday yeah. present for Jeff. Yeah. Oh, that's your birthday? I that's think that's all. Subtitle's birthday, too. It is, I think. I yeah. think that's AC Alone's birthday. And his birthday is October 7th. Oh. Lotuses. Oh, oh, oh. What's that? So what's, he's what's getting an early sign? birthday present. Libras. Thank, Libras. thank you for asking. Libras. Also, also. Fairness. <clears throat> Fairness. We're going to have some. Equity. We're going to have some release parties for this album, mm. Breakthrough. <laughs> all naked shit, though. Release parties in LA It'd going on. Caligula style. In September, right around the release. If so you, keep your eyes open in for the Julian some, calendar, not the Gregorian. If calendar. you're if you're not naked, you won't even be able to hear it. And we're gonna have some real cool guests at these release parties. So I really hope that some of you get the chance to make it out. They will be clothed. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wear clothes. I mean, no, it's optional. Mm -hmm. Nobody should have to wear clothes. DJ Nobody should have to wear clothes. <laughs> he should have to wear clothes. Nah, he's so cute. Because I just like how he wears so much polo now. Kev's naked constantly. Kev's you just go to get a, go over to Kev's, he's just naked over there, just chilling. It's like him and his dogs and his guns and like his kids, and they're just, you know, naked. It's just wild. It's just a free it's like a, farm. It's like a Warren Zevon song. Dude, yeah. it's, it's like a vegan farm. Yeah, they're super vegan over there. Yeah. I swear to God, I asked for no, coffee. Kev and eats like, cheese. He eats cheese? cheese? Yeah, of course. Well, he eats fish. That's and it. he eats a pescatarian. He's, He's a not even a vegan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But quinoa is delicious, and I think we should let everyone know that. Everybody, get your holy quinoa. grail grains on. Eat your holy grains. Chief Keef, that quinoa, that is the shit he does like. Yeah. That, I'm sure that's, that's the shit I'm he does sure like. I'm pretty sure that's the shit he don't like. That's what they no, fed him at no, Interscope. Quinoa. That's how, that's <laughs> how he got the deal. That's how he got smart. So Jimmy Iovine's like, let's give him some quinoa. That's that quinoa do like. Yeah. That's that quinoa do like. That's a. You should. All right, no more. <laughs> no more. We're being, we're being shamelessly booed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, it's only because I don't know what quinoa is. I'll come back the next time and like, I'll be like, quinoa is amazing. It's delicious grain. Yeah. You should know. It's like sorghum it's or millet. It's the mother grain. Yeah. Sorghum, millet. That's mm. the shit that Whole Foods consumers like. I mean, that's why, hey, real talk, there's not enough, uh, I guess, uh, what do you say, uh, healthy uh, food choices uh, south of the tent All right. <laughs> right now. There's not many Whole Foods in the hood. Let's there's just a, put it like that. Yeah. We, there's, like a, there's one Trader Joe's in Culver City. Yeah, and, you, know. you have to drive 40 minutes that's or like, take that's an like hour-long like bus ride. Trader Joe's. Oh, yeah. My grandma used ones. to go to that. Yeah. Back yeah. in the, back in the eighties. Hey, talk to Ross when G though. He me. knows where to get good food in the hood. Ross well, G knows about that health food. Well, that's that's Lamert Park, and that's like hippie land. Yeah, yeah. Really? Lamert Park is like you know, there's like you know, dreadlocks, African medallions. You know, there's like twelve ballet studios in that motherfucker. Ah, oh, <laughs> that sounds like my kind of town. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this was shots fired with Jeff Weiss and No Can Do. Yeah, shots have been fired. Go to sleep, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Go to sleep. Get but, some. Get a nap. Call, an, am, call the ambulance. Tell one. them pick up your people. Uh, All right. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. 
EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead 